Alrighty, everybody. Good morning, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Wiz and I uh, trying to stay topical uh, in these quiet times, and uh, a lot's happened in the offseason. And, uh, you know, Wiz and I uh, were pondering which players kind of benefited from everything that happened in the offseason between the draft and, uh, and uh, free agency. And uh, today's podcast, Wiz, is going to be the flip side of that. Players who have been negatively impacted by everything that's happened in the offseason. Wiz, how are we doing? Yeah, doing well, and uh, <clears throat> I had a you know a handful of players that I wanted to talk about that I think took a, a pretty big hit uh, with what took place, whether it be off-season acquisitions <clears throat> or the draft. And uh, I'm going to get right into it. I'm going to start with Kenneth Walker, a player um, who you know looked terrific at times as a rookie, got a chance to play, and really as uh, the season ended last year. Real high aspirations for that player to be inside the top ten, or maybe even higher. And then the Seahawks draft uh, play from UCLA, Zach Charbonnet, who is also a, a, a very good player. And all the reports are is that they love him there, and the usage is going to be high with the player. So, based on the ability of both players, based on the fact that the head coach doesn't like to make one guy a bell cow guy and the other guy. Uh, you know, have five, six carries a game, and you got to figure the kind of, kind of, kind of has to be an even split or close to an even split. Um, I'm having Kenneth Walker on the top of my list of players that have taken a little bit of a hit uh, in terms of what's taking place in the offseason. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, Wiz, right? So, as, as effective as he was as a runner. Uh, which he had over a thousand yards rushing. I think he averaged close to five yards a carry. Um, he did not have a lot of success as a, as a receiver. Uh, now, whether that's a byproduct of the way the offense ran, because uh, this is a team that doesn't really use their tight ends that much either. Uh, it, they sprinkle them in, quite frankly. Uh, but obviously, they've made a change at receiver. They they bring bring in a, a really exciting uh, rookie from Ohio State in Enigma. Um, so that, that should be, uh, more added to the pie between, uh, Tyler Lockett and, uh, and DJ Metcalf, DK Metcalf, excuse me. Uh, obviously Geno Smith had a breakout season last year. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think you have to be a little bit concerned, uh, specifically because as you mentioned, you know, this is usually a situation where Pete Carroll doesn't, doesn't really run one guy. So, I think you could see Charbonnet kind of make a big impact here where, you know, again, this is a league that has shifted gears uh, materially where there's very few bell cow backs and you have a lot of committees that are trying to, uh, trying to get through 17 game seasons. They're trying to get through Thursday night footballs and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, most every team is going to have two running backs that are be going to be contributing significantly. And I think uh, you could kind of see a situation here where, so almost ends up evolving into kind of like a split workload. Obviously, injury happens to either one of these players. The upside of, of the other is, is high. Um, but I think the situation here, it, it's not too dissimilar from some of the others that we're going to be looking at. But, yeah, I, I don't disagree with you on Kenneth Walker. All right, who is uh, who is that your, on your list as well? Yeah, so uh, we'll gonna, uh, we'll stay with running back. I do have a couple of quarterbacks too, but we'll, we'll stay with running back. Um, you know, I, I think – I think Damian Pierce had a really good start to his rookie season before he got hurt. He, he, it started slow, but it started to pick up steam over the course of the season. And then they bring in a guy like Devin Singletary, who, you know, I, I know 
At times, he was inconsistent with the Bills, but this is, this is a good football player. Um, and, and again, it's the type of situation where you add another name to the mix and you kind of diminish the, the value of the guy that's there because really Damian, Harris, uh, Damian Price uh, had nobody else to really... Um, uh, Damian Pierce had nobody else to really help out last year. So the fact that you add someone like Singletary uh, who can catch the ball, uh, who's a pretty good runner... Uh, and I think you'll see a veteran coach, you know, lean on that player a little bit. I, I think it diminishes Damian Pierce's value a little bit coming into the season. Was again, I could have picked a, a couple other combinations, whether it be the Chicago situation. Obviously, Tyler Algier last year ran for a thousand yards, but Bijan Robinson is there. Uh, but I chose to take uh, Damian Pierce as the one that I was looking at. Was yeah, so uh, like, what kind of hit do you think that moves him down a tier? Like, well, what kind of yeah, I, I, I do. I, I think I think you know this is a player that if if he stayed healthy last year was was a top fifteen running back. Uh, I think that that, that kind of gets dissipated quite a bit with the, with the presence of Singletary. And um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the difference between Pierce and Tyler Algier is you know maybe. He appears, you know, a tier, a few spots. Tyler Algier has been wiped off the face of the map, quite honestly. And I think uh, he's gone from a guy that could have been the lead back and uh, maybe a, a running back two to a guy who's, I believe, nothing more than a handcuff headed to the season. So Tyler Algier completely wiped off the face of the, you know, the earth uh, as far as fantasy football is concerned based on the Bijan Robinson draft and, uh, um, I think the Miami duo is in trouble. I'm talking about Mostert and Jeff Wilson. They signed both players, so they cancel each out with each other. They draft a different type of player in David A. Chain, um, a, a speedier type of back who Mike McDaniel's saying he loves. And now there's talk that Miami's going after Dalvin Cook. So if they you get Dalvin Cook, if they sign Dalvin Cook, it's big trouble for those two players. And I feel Mostert and Jeb Wilson, because of each other and because of the rookie they drafted, I feel are two players that, while they're both good players, I feel have taken a big hit in terms of fantasy football. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. Um, any other running backs on your list? No, I, I don't have any running backs on my list. Um, did you? Did, I, I know you started with running back. Did you have any quarterbacks? I had no quarterbacks that I felt. Um, I looked at and thought, okay, I, I really have them highly regarded. And now, based on what's uh, taking place, uh, a big downgrade for them. Um, so I'm interested to hear what you have at the position because I took a look at it, but there was really nobody that stood out for me at that position where I felt, oh, okay, that's a big downgrade heading into the season. Yeah, so there's there's one guy that I guess I have, I guess big downgrade is is, is tricky uh, in, in terms of wording, but concern uh, high level of concern, uh, especially given kind of where we were a couple of years ago with this player, where we kind of had him knocking on the top three at the position. Uh, Dak Prescott had a absolutely miserable... Anybody that colors it any differently is it doesn't know football. He was miserable last year. He threw 23 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He went over 300 yards one time last year. Yes, he started the season getting hurt, and he missed a bunch of games, but he was terrible. His decision-making was terrible. 
I thought he looked lost on the football field at times last year. And now they're making a shift in the offense where it looks like they want to run the football a little bit more. Uh, so I'm not saying that Dak Prescott is going to be a uh, game manager. That's not what I'm suggesting because there's still a lot of talent catching the football. They've brought Brandon Cooks in. Uh, they're going to go a different direction at tight end. We know C.D. Lamb is here as well as Michael Gallup, but I don't know, Wiz. I, I, I thought this was a player that was really bad last year uh, and a guy that probably, like I said, was knocking on at the top three in the position a couple of years ago. And with the changes with Mike McCarthy, I think maybe establishing a little bit more of a conservative style in Dallas and utilizing a guy like Pollard, I think uh, Dak Prescott has moved way back in the quarterback rankings and doesn't crack my top 12. Oh, okay, so you have you have Prescott outside your quarterback one range, and uh, it'll be fair to say that you will not be leaving any draft this year with Dak Prescott as your number one quarterback. Uh, that is correct. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, <clears throat> I, I agree with what you say. I'm just... Uh, thinking that maybe having Brandon Cook there <clears throat> could offset some of that. Um, so um, it's, a, it's an interesting comment. By the way, he also Riz, he also ran for just one touchdown last year. One. Yeah, I think his, his days of running for yards and touchdowns <clears throat> probably in the past. But look, I'm not too far away from that. I, I have him right around at quarterback 12, so I can be talked into saying that there are 12 better fantasy quarterbacks than Dak Prescott this year. <clears throat> I don't think that's so, um, I don't think that's such an outlandish statement, but uh, we'll see how it plays out. So um, I had one receiver on my list, but I'll, I'll let you talk about it, the receiver position first. How many are on your list and uh, who do you want to start with? Uh, so I actually have, uh, I have one duo, one group, and one single name. So you okay. let me. Where would you like me to start? Start with the duo. Is that the Tampa Bay duo? Or? It's the Tampa Bay duo. No. Yeah, it's Evans and Godwin, okay. and I think particularly Godwin. So if we think about, first of all, Godwin came off that devastating injury last year, and but Tom Brady looked for Chris Godwin on that quick out so frequently. That's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen in this offense. So Chris Godwin, to me, of any wide receiver in fantasy, I'm going to need to be proven wrong on this. Now, granted, I made a mistake last year with with Metcalf and Lockett, and I think I own Metcalf in one league and Lockett in zero. And by the way, Lockett's a player that I absolutely love over the years. That's how concerned I was about that situation. Uh, but I'm going to come into this season, and I'm going to be apprehensive about drafting either of these players. And I think Godwin more than anybody because of the change of quarterback takes a devastating hit of fantasy. Yeah, that's an interesting one. And that is very, very true. I mean, Brady and Godwin did have that connection where they were on the same page based on what the defense was doing. And you have to feel that is going to something that's certainly going to take a hit. Um, it's interesting analysis. And uh, 
who's the other? You said you mentioned the group. Who's the group? So the the group is the Jacksonville wide receivers. Um, and 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 really, when you when you think about the situation, uh, this just just goes to show you how bad Urban Meyer was as a football coach. But obviously, Doug Peterson made a material difference in that offense last year. Trevor Lawrence went from a non-entity as a production as a rookie. Now, granted, being a rookie quarterback is never easy, but last year he made mark strides. Uh, all three of his receivers, including. Uh, Evan Ingram in this had over 75 catches, but you're bringing Calvin Ridley into the mix. So it's not my concern about Christian Kirk or Zay Jones, who had terrific seasons last year. Uh, obviously, uh, Evan Ingram did as well, but you now add a player like Ridley to the mix. So from a production standpoint, it's really hard for any of those players to replicate the production that they had in the previous season. I hear you on that. Um, I, I think the hype around Ridley is a little bit too much for me, you know, to... No, that's fair. Take. That's fair, but Ridley's <clears throat> going to catch... Let's say Ridley, if Ridley catches 60 balls, Wiz, Zay Jones caught 70-somewhat, uh, Christian Kirk at 87. Like, th- there just has to be a natural dispersion. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm with you. My point was going to be that I think Ridley is that 70 to 75 catch guy, so that's not going to put him in in the wide receiver one range, and if anything, it's going to hurt the value of Jones and and, and Kirk. So I'm I'm with you on that. The only one player that I think it helps is Trevor Lawrence, but as far as the receiving core, I certainly see where you're coming from. Yeah, and the final guy is was and you know we look at a player that that went from the chemistry he built over a number of seasons with Aaron Rodgers to a quarterback that he played with in college where he ended up having a monster season last year, uh, despite the fact that Carr ended up getting pulled at the end of the season or what have you. You know, Devontae Adams had a monster, monster, monster season. But, you know, Jimmy G is not a good quarterback. He's a pretty boy. He's made of paper mache. And Devontae Adams is not happy. I think Devontae Adams can look back at this decision to sign with the Raiders, and it looks one of the dumbest decisions outside of finances that he could have made for his football career. Uh, but count me as one who will be shying away from Devontae Adams because I don't think Jimmy G is very good. Yeah, it's a bold statement coming from you. You've been a real guy who, you know, you've been someone who's tried to get Devontae Adams and has gotten Devontae Adams early in draft. So that that's a bold statement, especially, uh, like I said, coming from you. And uh, it's an interesting uh, analysis. And uh, I, I hear where you're coming from. I'm, 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 very curious where you see that fall going to, Devonde. Uh, you know, it's one thing to say outside the top three, outside the top five, outside the top ten. Worried about him outside the top ten. Wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. That is that's a that's a that is a, a steep fall. There's no question about that. We'll see how that plays out. We're certainly going to talk about that. So so so, so let's let, let's think about this though. Is Jimmy Garoppolo has not played a full season. He's coming into the season with health questions around him to the point that we we were even talking on one of these podcasts that Tom Brady might quarterback this team and Joe, uh, Garoppolo might get cut before the season. Doesn't look to be the case right, right now, by the way. If something happens to Garoppolo, do you know the backup quarterback is a guy that, despite the fact that he's made something like thirty-five to forty million dollars as a backup quarterback, but Brian Hoyer is awful. Right. No, that would be yeah. I think I think uh, if I think if Garoppolo, if there's some trepidation about Garoppolo, I, I honestly think that you're going to see your buddy Carson Wentz actually get a call 
to maybe, um, you know, to, to come in for a tryout. But yeah, I think your point is, your point is well taken, uh, as far as, uh, what, what could potentially be in store for Devontae Adams this season. Yeah. I just think, you know, we look at a player like in, in Jimmy Garoppolo, mm. it, it, it just doesn't exude confidence that the guy's going to finish the season. No, there's not. I, yeah. I think, I think you make some interesting points. And like I said, you're someone who's just absolutely loved Devontae Adams. So, uh, it's a, it's certainly a, a prediction that could happen. And, uh, yeah, it's, so, le- it's so less, it's less, I think it's less of an indictment on Adams. It's just more an indictment of first of all. And also, I think Josh McDaniel is is over his head as a as a head head coach in the NFL too. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I hear you on that. Um, and then the one wide receiver on my list is Donnell Mooney, who I think we just have to try and go back one year where Donnell Mooney was ranked in these wide receiver uh, drafts going into the season, and he was up there. I mean, he was the guy that had that great connection with Justin Fields. He had a promising year before. Uh, it looked like he was going to get a overwhelming amount of targets. And <clears throat> Donald Mooney was certainly inside the top 20, maybe even inside the top 15 at the position going into last year. And as we head into this year, I'm not even sure I have Donald Mooney inside the top 40. Uh, at the position, maybe barely wide receiver four. So <clears throat> I think with DJ Moore in town, um, another year with Chase Claypool, and Mooney's a good player, but I just think that those numbers are going to be down based on everything else. So Donnell Mooney, I, I feel, based on last year to this year, is one guy that's taken uh, a precipitous drop. Yeah, Mooney was a thousand yard receiver, if I'm not mistaken, was before the injury riddled season last year. But you know, so you kind of see him as one of these guys that catches forty to fifty balls, maybe six to seven hundred yards. That sort of production. Yeah, I think he'll be the type of player, like kind of Deshaun Jackson was, <clears throat> you know, in his last few years where he has some games where he could be a, a you know a, a weak winner for you in um, in some games and he'll do that but as far as consistency throughout I'm not trusting the player and I'm certainly not drafting the player this year. I, I, there's a player that comes to mind too is when you talk about uh, over the years I always felt Marvin Jones was that type of guy where there's like three monster weeks he has where he just blows up two touchdowns, you know, six catches, right. 140 right. yards and and basically disappears for three weeks after that. So that yeah. I, I think I see where you're going with that. It's an interesting one. Yeah, that's that's it for me. Any other players on your list? Yeah. So there's two tight ends, Wiz. Um, and again, we, we've talked, we did a podcast on it. Uh, I think there's a number of teams that are going to this kind of 12 personnel where you're going to see two tight ends used a lot. In the case of these two teams, each of them, Uses the tight end frequently, even in the red zone. And the fact of the matter is, both of them drafted guys that come into the situation. I'm talking about the Bills drafting Dalton Kincaid, and the heir apparent is Dawson Knox. And you have uh, Fryermuth in Pittsburgh, who had, was a, a terrific player in both his rookie season and his second season. But Darnell Washington comes in, a big, big target in the red zone. So I do worry that Fryermuth and Dawson Knox could take a hit in terms of 
because I look at those guys and maybe a little bit less so Frymuth, but Dawson Knox was kind of, you needed touchdowns from that player. And I don't know, Wiz, I, I just worry a little bit that, you know, given the fact that we're going to get a watering down in the tight end position, that those guys kind of fall back a bit. Um, Frymuth arguably was a top 10 guy last year because uh, uh, he was a week-to-week uh, production guy for sure. Um, I don't think it changes, but I think there is a tiny bit of risk. Not to say, and I would say there's rookie tight ends uh, traditionally in fantasy have been disappointing. Um, that, that's, that's just the way it's kind of played out over the course of, of, of NFL football. But again, two players I kind of keep an eye on that I, I might be a little, even though I like both players, um, particularly Farimuth, I might be a little bit more sheepish on it based on the situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I think Dawson Knox on his own merits before the Kincaid draft uh, by the Bills, I feel it was a, just a, a tremendous disappointment last year. He was he was really well thought of going to the season at the position. And I don't know, I mean, <clears throat> Diggs just soaks up so many targets. And you're exactly right. I mean, he was clearly touchdown dependent because you could not count on him for receptions or yards last year. I think Freemuth is a, a little bit of a different story. Um, I think Washington is going to, while is an opposing guy, I think they're going to play a lot of 12 personnel. And I think uh, Freemuth, um, you know, look, no one's drafting Pat Freemuth as a, a top five or seven tight end, but once you start getting into that eight to 15 range, you could put some of those guys in a bag and pick them out and the order could, could be interchangeable. Um, so I, that's why I have free and move. To me, the free and move situation is unchanged as far as my thinking is concerned. I, you know, I just feel like it's, it's baked into the cake already. And, uh, you know, you know what you're going to kind of get as far as that's concerned. But I think your point about Washington being a big, big target and could take away touchdowns in the red zone from Freemuth, that's a concern. But as far as the yards and receptions go, uh, I don't love Freemuth. And it's not like I dislike him so much because of the you know Donald Washington signing. But uh, I think Dawson Knox is somebody that um, probably should not be drafted as your number one tight end this year at all. Yeah, and I think in the case of Freeman last year, he was number six tight end in terms of yardage. He had 732 yards along with along with those 63 catches, but he only had two touchdowns, right? So the role probably doesn't change that much. I know they've brought Allen Robinson into this offense, and it looks like, by all accounts, Allen Robinson may be playing in the slot for this team. Uh, Deontay Johnson had zero touchdowns, um, and obviously George Pickens is going to be playing on the outside. So it'll be interesting is what the Steelers' offense looks like this year. Um, I think to your point, this is not a great offensive line, so 12 personnel will be something that will be utilized frequently in Pittsburgh. But, uh, yeah, I, I can see the consistency staying in the catches and and yards for Freemuth, but uh, I, I, as I'm, yeah, I think you correctly alluded to it. They're different situations. Knox was really tough to count on last year. Uh, I'm actually trying to look at his stats exact. Last year, Dawson Knox was caught 48 balls for 500 yards, and he had six touchdowns. So, you know, I, again, I, I think there was expectations for more in this offense, especially because there wasn't uh, super consistency, you know, out of the slot. You know, Beasley had kind of moved on, and 
you know, they, they really didn't get it. But uh, I think the situations are definitely different. Yeah, and there's a reason that Buffalo drafted, you know, Kincaid is kind of, I think they probably felt that disappointment with Knox, whatever reason it was, but certainly a disappointment with that player. But uh, it, it's always an interesting discussion uh, when it comes to rookie tight ends. Uh, you know, for years and years and years, the only tie, rookie tight end that had a 1,000 receiving odds was uh, Mike Ditka until uh, Kyle Pitts uh, did that uh, a few years ago or two years ago. Uh, so it, it's, always, it's always difficult when they're rookie tight ends. And I, and I think you're right. The point you make about a lot of teams going to go to 12 personnel and uh, we'll see who gets the red zone targets and who's going to uh, maybe lose some targets uh, and receptions uh, based on that. All right. Well, fantastic job as always. Uh, that's a wrap on this one. Uh, like I said, we're going to try to stay relevant here in, in these quiet times uh, before we get onto the team capsules and really honing in on rankings going into the season. So uh, well done as always, Wiz. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And uh, just make sure you're listening because I think uh, what we're talking about is going to be relevant and the season will get here faster than you know it. So enjoy, Wiz. We'll uh, talk next week. Appreciate it and thanks a lot.